0: They were high school sweethearts that got married and had a kid. It's the Brunix. In the swamp of D.C. they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunix.
1: They're on your side
0: You can't deny It's the Brunig yeah. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen This is Liz Brunig, this is my husband Matt Hi everyone This is our low effort, low quality podcast And today we have a very special guest with us Friend of the cast, friend <laughs> of the family Mr. Tom Frank
1: Hey guys, it's so good to be here.
0: And we're doing a special cast today. There's going to be no Hot Topics. Today we're just going to fash right out. This we're going, is, sorry? This is the fash cast. So you can't use, you guys,
1: you can't use uh, a millennial slang on me. <laughs> it's got to be Gen X slang for me. Or, or, or older, like, like Depression-era slang. I get so that stuff.
0: On the internet, when, uh, when people are kind of, you know, ambiently right-leaning, and then one day something triggers them and they, like, turn into all-out fascists, they call that fashing out. <laughs> 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 that's, when, okay. that's when you Fash out okay. uh, So this is the Fashcast It's all about fascism And uh, right populism So to speak uh, Tom has been working on And, and deeply researching Right wing populism Slash fascism It's something I see That you know comes up a lot I was called a fascist In a blog post this week uh, Disagree I don't agree with that <laughs> Uh, never affiliated nor participated in any fascist events Uh, but people clearly are thinking a lot about this and I think there's a lot of unclarity around it oh you (laughs) think oh my god what do you think the average person thinks fascism is
1: okay I'm changing the subject on you right away okay you got the first question out and I immediately pretend I didn't hear it and go back to what we were talking about before you did the introduction which is Spain Spain (laughs) Spain's. so I used to go on vacation to Spain yes and uh, uh, at the time, I was, you know, I was, I was, uh, angry young lefty, and uh, I would go over there, and I would search for mementos or physical relics of the uh, the good side, the Republican side. I mean, they they use that word, but that's not the right word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just confuses people today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The loyalist side, the um, the 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 left wing side in the Spanish Civil yeah. War, the good guys, the ones who mm-hmm. lost. I would look for physical reminders of them, and they didn't exist. Now. F- the right wing mementos were also fast disappearing because they were taking them down. So there was yeah. a single statue of Franco in Barcelona and it's inside a military base. Mm. <laughs> and it's, Even there it's behind glass. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't be able to vandalize it even if you wanted to, you know, yeah. but in other places, uh, he was still out in the open. Like if you went to yeah. Seville, places like that, mm. and there would be streets named after him and stuff like that. And, mm. but, but it was very hard to find, uh, stuff, Anything having anything uh, descended from the other side in in the Civil War. Now I did mm-hmm. d- the trade unions that were big in those days uh, still existed, mm-hmm. and I I called one of them up to ask them if they like if they did it. Have you ever seen the posters from the Spanish Civil War? Yes, it's amazing, amazing. Art, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to get my hands on some of that stuff, yeah. right? And because I'm among other things, I'm also a collector. I have this kind of collector mentality. You've seen my, yeah, house, yeah, right, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, you know no way This stuff didn't exist and I asked well you know do you guys ever reprint it or anything like that because it is Yay, it was yeah. really cool it's
0: extremely cool right?
1: no that they didn't do that um, <laughs> they just, where was this where was I going with this oh so at the time I was reading homage to Catalonia this is yeah. all everything I'm describing happened in Barcelona because that's mm-hmm. where we would go. And we'd spend, you know, a couple of weeks of the year there. And so I was reading Homage to Catalonia and there's this several chapters of it where Orwell is involved in this kind of... Um, the the different factions on the good side in the Spanish civil war turn on each other Mm. and they take up arms against each other and they're divided down the streets of Barcelona, which was sort of the the main city Mm. of the, 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 you know, the Republican side in the Spanish civil war. And one of the streets, like he's on one side of the Rambla, which is the main street, the Mm. the main drag on you can't drag there. You have to walk. And uh, he's on one side and the bad guys are on the other. Or the, I, I mean, they aren't bad guys. It's just another faction. Right. And he describes the different buildings, and he describes the building that he was in, and he says it has an observatory on the roof. Yeah. And so I take my book, I'm walking down the street with the book open, you know, and I'm like, ah, there's the building yeah. with the observatory on the roof. It's exactly the same. And he says across the street from it is a, is a cafe with, and, and the name is such and such. It had the same name. It's still there. Everything. It's Spain. Nothing yeah. ever changes.
0: But they, they don't have reproductions of those Republican posters. They, no, that's amazing. No, that's kind of a disappointment. Yeah. But, 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 of, yeah you know, they're, uh, they're
1: missing out there because you yeah. think of all the all the American leftists that would be you know, purchasing oh. that stuff. Yeah, well, and I mean,
0: it inspires really so cool. much cool. art in its own right.
1: great bite. art deco kind of, you know. So like the
0: sm- Myths covered the Spanish Civil Have War. Have you ever wondered Motherwell?
1: why Ayn Rand swiped the Art Deco aesthetic for the cover of her books? Why do you think so? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's well, the, well, that's like one of Because she has a 30s mentality. She's, yeah. uh, the, uh, the whole idea of Ayn Rand. Uh, so some years ago, I wrote a book called uh, Pity the Billionaire. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. It was mm-hmm. my book about the financial crisis and the Tea Party movement. Yeah. The sort of weird upside down response to the financial crisis. Right. Yeah. And so for part of that, I had to, do, I had to do close readings of Ayn Rand and oh. I read uh, Atlas Shrugged. I'd never read it before.
0: <laughs> How did that go?
1: Don't read it right before you go to bed. We'll yeah. Do that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it is, that is a, it, it is a, it gives you nightmares. Her yeah. vision is so dark and uncompromising and cruel. Yeah. And, uh, so I was prepared for it. I read Nietzsche when I was in college, when I was an undergrad. Yeah. And so much of what she does is just uh, is just straight up, you know, it's repurposed Nietzscheanism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, it just applies it to the American American circumstances. But here's the really interesting thing about Atlas Shrugged that I don't think anybody, uh, well, I don't know if anybody uh, wrote about it before, but huge parts of that book are based on. Real life events, most of which happened during the Depression, like you know how they take the patent for the guy's um, special metal and they give it to the other producers. Yeah, uh, that happened to uh, mm-hmm. an aluminum. Co- the uh, what is what is the big aluminum company? They're, they're gone uh, now. But they, come on, what are they called? Uh, I don't remember. Al- Alcoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this that really happened. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of of having the okay yeah. based on 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 real events and on literature. Uh, the the whole idea of him being you know being set upon by politicians that want to take his patent and then by uh people who work up the angry mob that comes from the comic strip little orphan annie or i should yeah. say it comes from it's I, when i was a kid don't ask me why i read yeah tons of little orphan annie it's from okay. the 1930s <laughs> and there's an episode in that that is exactly the same as the plot oh in my god the uh the train crash uh-huh. that doesn't come from the 30s but it's based on uh A very similar episode that happened, the worst ever train crash in American history in, I think, 1910. Uh Uh, It's very similar to that, only it doesn't involve uh, liberal politicians forcing a train to crash. That's not how it (laughs) worked out. (laughs) That's a little bit of her own, you know. But then the best one, I just figured this one out the other day after watching the movie Lost Horizon. Uh Have you ever seen this? I haven't seen it. It's about people who uh, like are hidden away in a mountain valley somewhere, and the whole idea uh, is that after civilization destroys itself, they're going to come out and start over again.
0: Yeah. So, what, but we, it's not—they aren't libertarians, like yeah. with a,
1: you know, with their <laughs> own gold standard, you know, that oh sort of thing. Oh my god! Yeah. But what, it's, what it's
0: year is Lost Horizon from? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. All yeah. right. So
1: these are all depression fantasies, and she yeah. takes them and flips them on their head. Well, the whole mm. idea of. Strikes. It's a strike novel. Yeah, it's right? Yeah, but it's it's who's going on strike? The billionaires yeah, are going yeah, on yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah. So it's she takes the classic genre of the '30s, the proletarian novel, and uh, stands it on its head. So there's a there's a brilliance to it, but um, it's a and she also is there. Are, people often mo- mock her for being a lousy writer, and a lot yeah. of it is really bad wooden writing. You know when she's really good when she describes machines yeah
0: she's a great poet of machinery <laughs> like, yes she is there the the
1: art deco e, yeah she's like so the, that's the, my the, theory you asked for it yeah, now I think that's you right. she,
0: she's like the bard of the dark satanic mill right like there you go actually oh, no, I this hadn't is put awesome those two together but yeah <laughs> uh, so that's everyone right. sees the great machines uh, there's a great documentary just called machines yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about it's, places in the world that are still doing a, industrial production. It's just yeah. a plant right. in India. Yeah, yeah, I think there's like one in India and maybe one in China. I I might be I crossing my wires. I think massive complex in India. Come on, but, but <laughs> <Nobody>? <laughs> <laughs> so like they the filmmakers go on a really they just follow workers without any narration or anything through their work and there's like sparks and fire pouring out of machines. It looks. There's really hellish. dangerous yeah. presses yeah. and textile factories. Um, but Ayn Rand kind of looks at all of that and is like, no, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, and there's yeah. This, there's the scene that I remember in particular is when she's she somehow uh, is in the locomotive, this this like yeah. advanced locomotive driving on this advanced track, yeah. and she describes it in this uh, in a way that's really. Um, that is very '30s or f- uh, futurist, you might say. Yeah, you remember that movement. Yeah,
0: yeah. The retro futurism is big in fascism yeah. these days. Yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna. Yeah. I didn't mean retro. I meant the real like the deal. Real right, futurism, right after World right. War One, these guys yeah. who really into machines and things going fast and yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And you
0: see a lot of that in Batman, in Gotham. The Art Deco aesthetic, uh, and again, the the sort of darkness. Yeah, of it, like we're sort of hurtling into a very uncertain and future that's yet unrevealed. I love our uh, deck. and remains for, dark. I
1: have completely the completely yeah, yeah. Reasons. I love the look of it. So but it, 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 yeah, it looks good. And in Kansas City, it is uh, that was Kansas City's heyday was yeah, the 30s yeah. when we were. The federal government poured because Kansas City had a big, important political machine, and et cetera. And it, w- it was a it was a growing city at the time, mm. and uh, they built amazing things. Uh, the PWA uh, built. I went to an elementary school built by the WPA. Oh, the wonderful! <laughs> yeah, and uh, but th- all of it in the Art Deco style, and uh, so we associate that. If I mean, I always associate that with um, with with. Good times and with right, strength for workers and, with, and yeah, yeah, exactly
0: unions and now. So here's one of like the crucial thing, you know the 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 tensions I see in fascism, and you could definitely see it in Nazism. And you could see it in Spanish fascism, and I think Italian fascism probably to the greatest degree. Which is, there's definitely futurism. You know we're going places changing things the machines are going to be bigger and better than ever we're going to build them uh better than anyone else can build them and everything's going to be mechanistically perfect uh and also um there's a lot of uh sort of retro nostalgia vintage stuff too as with the germans getting back to sort of like Odin and Wagner esque (laughs) paganism and like the heavy Teutonic fonts. Well, yes, uh, that's right, that's right. And they they, they did that, by
1: the way, they went back to the Fracture, the what do you call it, black letter. Alphabet. Yeah, 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 the, exactly. The Nazis did right, and so and then and the, they, and the Nazis had a had a medieval, obviously. a am very medieval. a medieval
0: bent, and the and then the Italians with the reference to the Roman Empire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so there's like a there's a futurism, but then there's a, an obsession with the vintage and the golden past. So like, how do you uh, what, what, how do I make sense of the fact that there is the golden is this, past or yeah. the dark ages? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, how do I make sense of that? these it's two like a, competing? It's like a steampunk. It's like a steampunk thing. A little bit like that. I mean, you know, it has it has elements of you know. Now let's be. Let's come on now.
1: That's yeah. I'm uh, my my like my, I'm I'm the only one here wearing pre-war glasses. They're great, pre-war. by the way. They have these beautiful earpieces. <laughs> and my pre-war haircut. Yeah. And uh, you know, I <laughs> really appreciate it. I'm going to go, you know, jogging in my uh, now my tennis shoes are brand new. I insist on. It. <laughs> but generally speaking, you know, like my yeah. wardrobe is much older than me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, uh, for a long time, only wore T-shirts his dad got in the his uh, factory where he drives a forklift, and they were all safety slogan T-shirts. Oh, awesome! Yeah. I yeah, love them. Yeah, they that. were great. They yeah. would say things like. Five hundred thousand safety
1: hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am wearing a, stuff that I got at a thrift store in Quebec. Oh, very so nice. It's, it's, so this one says "Varsity," but it's spelled with a in the French C in the French they, style. No, yeah. it's just wrong. That's oh all. oh and no! Then, and the T-shirt is for a skate collective in Quebec City. Do you see this? I love it. <laughs> Can you read it?
0: So, unfortunately, you're a hipster. This is hip. Is it? I think it's. I think this would qualify no, as hip. Stop that. <laughs> And so we we were also talking about the the fascist turn in American hipsterism. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, that's really interesting because
1: you know, I uh, uh, Liz Matt, I started out in my career as this kind of the you know scourge of 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 hipness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, I wrote a book called The Conquest of Cool. Of cool, right? And it was the idea of it was that uh, coolness was not you know this revolutionary thing that everybody thought right. in the 50s and 60s, but in fact was perfectly or more or less well attuned to a certain kind of consumer mentality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to do this in the baffler constantly Mm -hmm. because it was an endless goldmine because everybody Mm. thinks that they're so goddamn radical. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) 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 You know, and, and they aren't. And it was, it was, it was, it was endless fun and, uh, you know, endless, uh, material to work with. Uh, but, you're Hipsterism that one time and fascism, that's just like, sorry, I, that's, um, that's a bridge too far. I could never have predicted that.
0: Predicted that one of the ur-hipsters, the Gavin McInnes, would become the proudest boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the great purveyors of, you know, of a violent style of American, you know, would you call what the Proud Boys are up to, fascism or, or So I, I don't
1: know. He, he says that, look, I haven't studied them very much. We, what we were talking about when, uh, when I, we, we were talking about this a little while earlier, and I said I'm fascinated by it, but I haven't had the time to study it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I do know that he, I read somewhere that he, his model is not like the black shirts, but yeah. his model is um, skinheads when they were cool. So skinheads in the late '60s, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, which is a really weird, like like an American would never even know what that meant, right? You yeah. know? And uh, but I could be wrong about that. I haven't had the time to study it. This is something that is so fascinating. But I'm working on other things these days, Liz. So I, know, I I, I know. just don't have time. I shouldn't yeah. to go we're back up to, to being the scourge of the hipster. Yeah, I mean he. So,
0: I mean, there's something about, I mean, maybe it's the, you know, it's that Ayn Rand's impulse, you know, we were just talking about was to look at everything that sort of progressives have said, this is dangerous. It's hurting us. It's bad. She looked at it all and said, no, it's actually awesome.
1: Yeah, and, it's, well, this just, is remember Nietzsche's term, the inversion of values. Right, exactly. She so just, she's, uh, w- you know, she. And by the way, I feel that impulse too, as just as speaking as a journalist. Sure. It's like, yeah. Whatever you believe is completely wrong. Right. Like just turn it upside so <laughs> yeah. down. And so,
0: like, but hipsterism, a big part of hipsterism, is about that as well. Everything you think is uncool and lame and passe. Actually, is very cool and
1: awesome. Yeah,
0: uh, you know the the movies you yeah, like. I can those are I out. can
1: embrace that f- to a certain degree. I
0: have a degree of the contrarianism. <laughs> but we we all
1: do. I mean, yeah. look, come on. That's
0: but, but I wonder. That's where, why we're here in Washington. Right. Like, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder to what degree a contrarianism about especially morality is involved in the kind of transition to fascism. Um, you know, so so what do you think? I mean, what is American fascism? Do we even have it? I mean, as Americans, what does it look like?
1: We have had it. Mm-hmm. So Father Coglin, and I'm. Let me know if I'm stepping on your toes. No, here. no, no,
0: no, no, please.
1: Uh, Father Coglin was definitely real close to fascism. And so to explain, uh, explain Coglin a little uh, so bit. So Coglin was a radio preacher in the 1930s, who, uh, who. Started out, of course, small in the 20s. Uh, he was based in a suburb of Detroit, mm-hmm. Royal Oak, Michigan. And I, by the way, speaking of Art Deco, I have never seen his church with my own eyes, mm-hmm. but it's an Art Deco masterpiece. Oh, wow. He raised so much money, he was mm-hmm. able to build this spectacular church in Royal Oak, Michigan. I've never seen it. I want, It's on my list. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going there. do Anyhow, he started out uh, uh, a sort of vague liberal you know uh, uh, vaguely populist vague supporter of well he was a forthright supporter of franklin roosevelt in the beginning and generated and and had a he had a voice made for radio Mm -hmm. and um uh was a, and, and developed an enormous audience talking. It was during the Depression. And yeah. It was not a hard thing to do if you were willing to, uh, you know, break with orthodoxy. And he did mm-hmm. uh, and uh, seemed to be pretty left wing in the beginning and then fashed out.
0: What do you so? Went went to the right, yeah. Uh,
1: But but if you go back and look at his even his early statements, the ones when he was supporting Roosevelt and people thought he was a left winger, they're very vague, yeah. And uh, so he would talk about. So I I don't have it in front of me, but Mm -hmm. you know he would talk about. uh, uh, you know, the the banking powers. And eventually yeah. he just came out and he's like, no, I'm talking about Jews. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so oh, he right became oh, no. uh, became this raving anti-Semite and the yeah. church eventually uh, had, to, had to stop him. Yeah. But they couldn't, they could get him off the air. They could stop him from, they took away his radio show. And by the way, he remained enormously popular yeah. all through the 30s, even as he went further and further to the right and was really dallying with uh, European-style fascism uh, and had street gangs oh. um uh, i forget what they what they were called but then he had a newspaper called uh it was actually called social justice oh okay yeah <laughs> and, and, and this is so i know about this from there's these exposés of fascism in america there, there was a, 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 a there was a, tr- a, a trend for these exposés in publishing right before world war ii and maybe in the first year or two that we were in world war ii and the the the, the, the there was one that was an enormous hit, an enormous bestseller, and I am blanking on the name now. It is oh, driving no. me crazy. <laughs> anyhow, but the guy infiltrates yeah. one of Father Coughlin's front groups. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're they're fascists. And it's a, uh, I mean it's it's not a, gr- a great literary book or anything, but it's it's uh, very interesting the way this guy yeah. infiltrates a sort of fascist. And there was the was the Boond, the German-American Boond was yeah. Uh, out, uh, forthright fascist group. Um, anyhow.
0: Have American so, fascists ever gotten very close to political power? I mean, I, you know, street gangs are one thing and sort of media power is one thing. Coughlin
1: but- had a lot of influence and a lot of, of people who listened to him. Uh, but no, he it, mm-hmm. it, it, early on he wanted Roosevelt to put him in his cabinet and Roosevelt declined. Yeah, and, uh, good and choice. That's sort, of, that's sort of when he went... He went, he went a little nuts uh, oh, okay. after that. But uh, no, he never, he never did get close to power. Now, another name that is always mentioned, there's two other names that are always mentioned in these connections, William Randolph Hearst and Huey yeah. Long. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hearst also was about as close to uh, a fascist as an American can get mm-hmm. um, and had tons of power, but it was all in newspapers. Mm-hmm. Ran for office but didn't succeed. I think he was in Congress for a while. Yeah. But that was early in his career. Again, he was another embittered leftist. Mm-hmm. Uh, had started out as something of a progressive, mm-hmm. and then went went to the right, like way to the right. Yeah. Uh, Huey Long is the is the most interesting one because um, he did a lot of things that you and I, as as liberals or as left wingers, we would look at them and say, "Wow, that's." great right right he built schools all over louisiana uh you know he like tripled the size of lsu and Mm -hmm. made every gave textbooks to everybody and had sort of rudimentary social welfare state stuff and all by taxing oil companies in louisiana but at the same time basically ran the state as a one-man show i mean there's this book I loaned you, and then and then you it yeah, back yeah. and I've been reading it. Yeah. It's, uh it's it's kind of great. It's called Forerunners no, it of American, American fascism. fascism. Yeah. And the guy has a first hand, I mean, eyewitness account of Huey Long passing legislation. You know, it's 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 really interesting that he would sit there in the committee room at this time. He was a United States senator. He wasn't even the governor of Louisiana. He had no business in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Right. was supposed to be in Washington, but he wasn't there. He's sitting in a committee room of the Louisiana state capitol with all of the bills that he wants passed. And he's just saying, "Okay, this one does such and such pass it. And they're like, boom, gavel goes boom. He the second one. He's like this one does such and such. Pass it. Boom. Gavel goes. Boom. And there would be like one or two guys in the room. who would say, Yeah, I don't agree, Huey. And they'd they they'd, they'd say their piece, and then the gavel would go bang. <laughs> and uh, and then the, the 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 main body of the state legislature was just a they did whatever he wanted. Yes, yeah, so And like, he w- always walked around with bodyguards and mm-hmm. et cetera, you know, all the sort of trappings of, yeah. it seemed like his own militia. And so he scared people, but the author makes a very excellent point that all Huey Long was, was a kind of genius player of the American political game. He, very good at patronage, very good at building a political machine, yeah. uh, but had no big ideas in the way that Mussolini or Hitler did. I mean- he, right, right. So, so he was like a, a racist actually yeah, he he well, he he wasn't he was so? for his time to- by the standards of his time he was a uh he was he wasn't an anti racist yeah yeah that's for sure but he was not um by the standards of Louisiana, he was extremely enlightened uh, <laughs> now that, yeah <laughs> well but then no, this actually was <laughs> one of the more interesting things about yeah. him what what's uh but as soon as he died then of course he got assassinated yeah and as soon as he died his Right-hand man mm-hmm. was a guy called. You should look this guy up, Gerald L. K. Smith, mm-hmm. who was a fascist, oh, and this no. guy was a racist, and yeah. this guy was like took Huey's movement and steered it mm-hmm. as far to the right as he could go, mm-hmm. uh, in a really scary way. So, so
0: Huey Long had the kind of almost autocratic, hegemonic right. way he of governing. All that,
1: yeah, all that, and then, but, it, but, it, but, it, yeah, it took anyhow. So, so these guys are interesting, but. Uh, they were all, they were all, they were Americans and yeah. they spoke in an American way and they didn't, you know, they didn't pine for the Roman empire Yeah, and they didn't pine for, you know, and, uh, uh, whatever it is that Hitler pined The medieval for. German, <laughs> mythical <laughs> yeah, German past. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Charlemagne, I don't know. No,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's one thing that's interesting about American fashion is our history doesn't go that far back.
1: Yeah. So, can I make a point here? Yes, please. So, this is the point that I that I'm I'm working on a book, guys. Did mm-hmm. I tell you this? You did. I'm oh, writing yeah. a book about populism. Yeah. Oh yeah. When's it Where coming to out? Don't know. I got to <laughs> write it first, and then, and, then, <laughs> and, then I, and then I imagine we'll hustle it out as soon yeah. as we can, and when I when I get it done. But the most important thing is making sure that it's good. And uh, basically, I start with your anti-populist theories that are going around today, that are everywhere. Yeah. That so the idea being Donald Trump or Nigel Farage or Marine Le Pen or What's-His-Face mm-hmm. in Hungary, Viktor Orban. Yeah. These guys, that is populism. And everything else that we call populism leads up to those guys. And mm-hmm. everything else about populism is only interesting insofar as it leads up to those people. Yeah. You've heard this theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this is all around us. Everybody in in uh, the sort of uh, uh, bien pensant class in America thinks populism is this is div- D- demonic, devil, doctrine. Right, so.
0: right. They're the good liberals, like uh, uh, Macron, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know Clinton, and and all of the you know sort of good. Liberals who stand against populism. Right, populism. That's is, the idea. Populism
1: is, is bad news. It's a nightmare. Right. It's uh, the it's, 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 it's
0: anti-globalist and uh, yeah. nationalistic. Yeah. It's and so it's, on.
1: it's it's basically a new word for demagogue. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And so, when, but when people who who write in who who adopt that theory write about the 1930s, they always refer to Huey Long and Father Coughlin, and they say these are that's populism in the 1930s. Yeah. So. At the time, nobody called those guys populists. Yeah, They called them demagogues or they called them fascists. Nobody used the word populist to describe them. Now, the 30s was a time when populism was in enormous vogue. I don't know yeah. if you're aware of this, but the yeah. idea of the people versus the elite, like look at a Frank Capra Yeah, movie, yeah, no, no, no. It's, no. Like, it's everywhere, right? Everywhere. It's in your face right. all the time. I you know, go through all these speeches of Franklin Roosevelt. That's why it's Bernie's favorite country. By our standards country. today, yeah. he's uh, like not just a populist. He's like a flaming, you know... Uh, burn burn it down, populist. Yeah, this
0: is why Bernie loves FDR, right? I mean, yeah, like, this or Harry Thing we have, Harry Truman, even. Have. Know, Harry yeah, Truman
1: yeah. probably ev- even more so, or or Henry Wallace, who was uh, Roosevelt's VP at S- one point. So at the
0: time, the, there was a distinction being made between well, the they didn't fascism.
1: Use the, they, the word populist then meant only one thing, and that is some having to do specifically with the People's Party of the eighteen nineties. Okay. So they didn't use that word either. Uh, they didn't use it at all, uh, mm-hmm. except for to describe. Uh, ah, I take that back. I take that back because I have come across it used mm. in a more general sense in that period. But it's, as I describe it, they don't apply it to Huey Long ever yeah. or to uh, Father Coughlin ever. Yeah. It's applied to this general sense of the people versus the elite. So you, f- I favor the people of the heartland yeah. over bankers from New York. Well, that makes you a populist. Yeah. That's, that's what that word would have meant in the 1930s. So...
0: And then now it's morphed into...
1: Yeah, it it's means fascist. It means demagogue.
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost, and, it's, it's parallel, it seems.
1: And, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and uh, explaining what I'm doing in this book, which is basically prying, trying to pry that word back from these people who are yeah. abusing it. And my friend was saying, you know, why bother? Yeah. You know, let them have their word. if it helps them, If it helps them bring down Donald Trump, let them have their stupid word and uh, and and just walk away, Tom. And, and I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. So well, I mean, Liz if, Matt. In terms
0: <laughs> of distinguishing it, uh, if you had to like you know sit someone down as a big Macron fan and say you know he's saving France from populism, or, well, how would you
1: say? You know, well, what, the Europeans they don't have a populist tradition like we do in this country that's a, a good populist tradition here. And th- this is America. We invented it. Populism mm. comes from, it comes from Kansas. This is where the, the people's party <laughs> first got it started. And so I am sentimentally attached to it for those reasons, but also because I understand that it is the life force of the left in this country. Yeah. And once you sever the left from its populist roots, it shrivels and dies.
0: So once you say to the left, you can't uh, represent a populist politics, and any right. politics that uses populist language yeah. is de facto fascist. You are, yeah, you're, you're like... Destroying the
1: left. Yes. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> <And so> like, <laughs> so, now, you don't, now you don't need to. No, you must buy the book. How would you you, him, you ref-
0: So, so how, how would you, you know, in a, in a lightning round type way, distinguish what Coughlin and other forerunners of American fascism were doing from populism?
1: They were—well, Okay, it's it's tough with a guy like Huey Long, except for that he didn't believe in democracy. Um, Yeah, yeah. Populism is is about two things. One is economic reform, and the other is is more democracy. So populists wanted to do away with the electoral college. Uh, they wanted a direct election of senators, which we got. Beautiful. They an initiative and referendum, which we got. Hell yeah! And uh, you know, the various. Uh, basically, the idea is to yeah. bring the the voice of the people into an ex- what was at the time an extremely corrupt polit- a political right. system dominated by money. Now, here's the really ironic thing, guys. It's dominated by money again. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. damn it! It's back. <laughs> it's back. So it's, uh, so, yeah. You know, if yeah. <laughs> and so, instead of populism being like like this this horrible like devil thing populism yeah. in some ways is more relevant than ever I mean yeah yeah, yeah. Are, they used to one of the things I came across in my research is actual uppercase P populists in the 1890s, moaning about the distribution of wealth, by which I mean, like, who actually, what you know, what percentage of the population held what amount of wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And they were referring to... Uh, and, uh, it, it was hard to do the, the math back then because yeah, we I didn't have imagine. the income tax, yeah. so you couldn't tell who owned what. But there was an economist who tried. And I went and got his... And it was published in some economics journal in the 1890s. And I went and got the article. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was something like the upper... 12% own 60% of the oh, country. Yeah. Well, anyhow, what, what I'm getting at is yeah. we're so much worse today, <laughs> you yeah. know, they thought that was bad and it was bad, right? Yeah. It was, it was sure, an yeah. unbelievably, uh, corrupt time. And the, you know, the robber barons, etc. we all know about that monopolies, uh, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Morgans, et cetera, uh, were worse. Yeah. Today we are worse. I wish there
0: were a politician who talked about that a lot, and um, you know, maybe who would even run for president potentially.
1: Yeah, that would catch on. I, yeah, I think would people like would that?
0: like that. I mean, you <laughs> you can see a situation where a corrupt, uh, say, you know, party apparatus might try to sabotage <laughs> a campaign like that because it would push a lot of uh, politicians who have made quite a bit of hay on a corrupt system out of their <clears throat> out of their positions. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something. I like can... By an, the way, that <laughs> is a. <laughs>
1: Uh, can I tell you some other stuff that I found in the course of my research? I found no, so do. many interesting things. Yeah. Um, you know, just digging through all of this uh, this mm-hmm. stuff from the 1930s, the kind of populist culture of the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes much deeper and farther than you might imagine in, you know, a Frank Capra movie or in the, the, the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, that, yeah. That's just the surface. That's the, the, the most sort of successful iterations. But there's all sorts of stuff like this mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, but going back to the 1890s, um, one of the more interesting things I'm doing is I'm comparing people who hated populism then to people who hate populism now. Oh, and yeah. also, and then there's there's various other sort of stages of, of anti-populism, as I put it, in history. And they're really similar. What do
0: you find the similarity? Yeah, what, what are, are some big, things they yeah? say?
1: Uh, okay, so the, uh, have you ever heard of William Allen White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was a journalist in Kansas, um, and uh, he wrote an essay famously called What's the Matter with Kansas? Denouncing Brian, denouncing populism. William Jennings Brian, denouncing mm-hmm. populism. And it got picked up by the Republican Party. and They put it in newspapers all over America. And he became famous. And then later in life, he changed his mind. Yeah. And he decided, you know, the populists they kind of had a point. <laughs> and okay. he, he sort of became a, well, a socialist. Although yeah. he was always a Republican, a loyal Republican. Yeah. You, you could do that back then. You could, yeah, yeah. In the Republican Party and way to the left. That was mm-hmm. possible. But um, before he was done with the populists, he wrote a fictional account. It's the only fictional account I know of about what it was like in the populist revolt, what, you know, what this was like. And it's to- told from a position of extreme hostility. <laughs> so these people are just like, they're, they're you know, savages. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating, his contempt for them. But it's really well-written. Yeah. And uh, it's, he, his idea is that they're all in the grip of a mass hallucination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is fascinating the way he rolls this out so, and describes it. Um, it's beautifully done. You know, I don't I don't think this hasn't been commented on, I think, ever yeah. or not since the Internet was invented or not since it's they started it's so putting old. Things off. Yeah. It's very old and uh, completely forgotten, but f- absolutely fascinating. I mean, I've also been reading, well, denunciations of populism in old newspapers, which is like they they routinely compared the populist to the uh, to Robespierre. Yeah. And Marat, oh, okay. yeah, right? yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, if these guys win, we're all going to the guillotine. Yeah, they're (laughs) dangerous and uh, Well, they're they're murderous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, calling them hayseeds, calling them uh, lunatics, uh, on and on and on. What's really interesting is that back then, you you know, today you have this divide between intellectuals and the business class, Uh where one is an elite of one party and the other is the elite of the other party. Back then, they were both on the same side. Yeah. And so... uh, it would be rare to find a university professor who sided with the populace. There were some here and there. Yeah. But they were extremely violent right, at the yeah. University of Wisconsin or something yeah. like that. But uh, all of these sort of orthodox economists got in on, you know, denouncing yeah. populism and they and, and it's like you think, Well, they're these are guys with PhDs, you know. They'd have a little restraint. No. No. <laughs> no, and they no. they're like
0: the do you find the accusations of being conspiratorial? of uh, of making things up i mean i find populism today is often credited with you know these are conspiracy theories about they said that too but that that,
1: that comes from uh, richard hofstadter the famous historian in the 1950s yeah the paranoid style yeah but before that he wrote a book about populism Uh and uh where he made that accusation and what
0: a wiener dog
1: i've always been a big admirer of his because of his lucid his his What's the word I'm looking for? His beautiful prose style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very oh my readable. God, nobody can touch that guy. But his book about populism is... I don't want to say it's a disgrace because I admire him, but it was uh, decisively refuted. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He was completely wrong about about populism. But he erected a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Actually, he didn't invent the stereotype. It comes from the 1890s, from the anti populist yeah. the time. But he... Um, he used that stereotype, and um, uh, and and that's where our idea of populism comes from. It comes from him, yeah. even though it was refuted. That doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Nobody pays attention to academic disputes. By the way, I'm giving away all of the ideas of my book. I know we're <laughs> somebody steal can it. go out and do all the research. The punch. Yeah, I don't think anyone's
0: going to. Besides, there'll be this record of the fact that you had it first. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> we'll shame them on Twitter if they do it.
1: Oh, that, <laughs> I had to well, stop doing it. Twitter, by the way. How come? Oh my God! You can't write a book and be on Twitter. It takes all day. If you, I, I would get yeah. up in the morning and I and I would go on Twitter, and yeah. next thing I'd know, you know, next thing you know, the sun is setting. and Yeah, it's time and to tweeting. get dinner, you know.
0: And you've been called a fascist fifty times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that one of the one of the complaints that liberals uh, today make about populism is they say the arguments the left is making, the populist arguments the left is making about business and control of politics, about a lack of democratic access and so on—they say those are all accessible to right wingers. You're making right wing points, they say. You know, you're giving—I don't get the, that. They'll say you're giving them ammunition because you're saying you know big business controls politics, and that's what you know they try to say about uh, uh, aspects of politics they don't like, or they they say it's
1: coded anti Well, because it's the other way around because they have been hitchhiking on populist themes ever since uh, Nixon. Yeah. Uh, this is, I wrote a book about this called What's the Matter with Kansas? Yeah. <laughs> and this is, the, yeah. it's about the right swiping the language Right, the but left. just the and language. They've, they've been doing it for forever. Right. Not forever. They've been doing, it, we know when they started doing it, it's 68. So, but it's no so reason. By the way, a great example of that. Yeah. The liberal bias critique, liberal media bias. You're at the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be interested <laughs> in this. The Washington Post, yeah. <laughs> uh, you remember the story I wrote for, uh, for Harper's about the way the Post treated Sanders? SWAT this team. is the pre-Brunick Post. Yeah, no, 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 I and, was there. And, and uh, uh, But, but uh, one of the points that I was making there is that it's incorrect to say that it's liberal media bias. It's something else because Sanders is— objectively more liberal than hillary clinton and yet they're not biased in favor of him right so it's something it's something else and that something else is very interesting and you could do a big study of of journalism in america and how it works and who goes into it and what kind of people they are and how it operates and etc and and do it right uh and nobody the right wing is not interested in that yeah exactly. they're interested in this cartoon version you know liberal media bias and uh do you ever wonder where that comes from this is an old trope of the 30s left yeah. that the media was in fact biased to the right. Why was it biased to the right? Because the owners were right very winners. wealthy right. men and they would uh, uh, instruct their editors to you know, editorialized in such and such a way. If you go back right. and look at the editorials about Roosevelt, were they in favor of Roosevelt or were they in favor of Landon? It's overwhelmingly pro Landon yeah. or pro Coolidge or pro Hoover. Right. You know, so they weren't, so
0: the people weren't crazy to think this about no, the no, media the, the This time. is yeah. well established. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and you find it into it, you remember AJ Liebling? The, uh, uh, he wrote for the New Yorker back in the forties and the fifties, probably the best sort of media, uh, critic there's ever been in this country yeah. he used to uh, write about this uh-huh. and you know it, and for him it was obvious that yeah. the, this, this is this is how the media worked in america and you had to just take it with you know that's what the, the media was in this country it was always a little bit off to the right and in the 60s uh I mean, a guy like Spiro Agnew, they came and took this critique and stood it. Well, it's not clear whether Agnew came up with this or it was his right-hand man, Pat Buchanan. Oh. <laughs> to get back into your territory. Face, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat Buchanan came up with it, but basically took this old left-wing critique of the media and flipped it mm-hmm. and said, it's not the right-wing uh, uh, owners, the publishers who are the problem. It's the liberal reporters. Oh, the old values the inversion uh, yeah, technique the old, yeah, again, inversion yeah, values. yeah, there you go. Yeah. But there's, there's many uh, dozens of examples of this, yeah. of right-wingers deliberately taking yeah. old left-wing uh, sort of, uh, themes and flipping them on their heads.
0: Yeah. Corey Robin writes about this, um, pretty well. The observation of the, you know, the, the right is constantly watching the left. For yeah. techniques and ideas oh, and, is all, and but ripping
1: that's, them uh, off, the Ayn Rand stuff that we were yeah, talking yeah. about before is a is a perfect example. Or that when the, the Tea Party movement, there were examples all over the place. They were deliberately yeah. mimicking. They had some book written by a former member of the Communist Party that they were passing around, <laughs> and it was uh, all about how you know communist techniques, this and that. Their love of Solzhenitsyn, their love slash hate of yeah. Solzhenitsyn, their fascination with the him, obsession is uh, uh it goes back to that. But this is yeah. th- mimicking the left is. Is What it's all about And you have to understand that If you want to understand The modern Like Right wing populist Right And so
0: it doesn't make any sense You know When you're responding To those critiques That you get from You know Liberals who have problems With left populism You're like Look I, it's not, It doesn't make sense To abandon populism Just because the right wing Is going to riff On populist rhetorical yeah. strategies
1: Well they're doing it Because That's how you win In this country <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Because it, it works, works Right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you that's abandon classic. it That is the hardest point To make And yet the most stunningly obvious point. I forget who said this, what columnist I'm pulling this from, but they said that in all the elections in my lifetime, it's always the more like superficially populist of the two candidates that wins always with maybe the exception of McCain versus Obama. But that was during a a crash while the crash was in progress. Every other one, uh, you know, Johnson versus Goldwater, you know, blow out You know, (laughs) right? So, so what do you think Uh, happened? Nixon versus Humphrey, Nixon versus uh, 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 McGovern, et cetera. You know, and then Carter, of course, beats Ford. But every single one, George W. Bush beating Al Gore, right? Every time, it's the guy that you'd rather have a beer with, who seems more down home, always. So,
0: just to throw some fuel on a fire and open old wounds, because that's what we do on the podcast. What do you think happened with with Bernie? What do you mean? I mean, you know, he seemed to get so close in, in, the, in the primaries, yeah.
1: Oh, look, there's the 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 obvious uh, the obvious answer is that they cheated him, but I don't think that's uh sufficient uh I mean that they they did cheat but Look, he was an unknown right. character outside of the So he started of, from way behind. Hey, he yeah. started at yeah. 3%. So had he, I think had Bernie played his cards differently leading up to the election, it would have been different had he spent a lot more time working on those uh the southern states though that's where he really got killed i think if, if you did it again now i mean now he's very well known right, right. i think we should think, do it I again think i think he'd be competitive now do you think we should do it in 2020. Well, it's, time's coming he's you know it's almost here i mean but 2020 is going to be a completely different would bernie get yeah.
0: the coveted tom frank endorsement
1: i don't endorse anyone <sighs> anarchist, Come on, I'm I just anarchist. so i'm we, i'm so. not even a journalist anymore <laughs> you know i'm not even i'm not a historian i used to be a historian yeah. i'm not even a historian i'm not even a journalist i don't think you ever stop being historian well i mean i'm not in the aha i'm not yeah. a professor i mean i used to be Yeah, <laughs> i'm not right. anymore and uh you know i'm not anything i'm not a member of any professional group but i still don't endorse politicians that's so, fair I'm enough
0: Sorry That's fair enough That's true populism and I don't give
1: to politicians No that's just me being Trying to be no, I would, yeah. Above it all I, I, I gotta money. be above it all A yeah. little bit yeah. yeah yeah To observe it Yeah Yeah No I agree with that I think that's, that's I gotta why be a little bit Above it all That's why Liz doesn't vote Oh you don't vote That's going too far <laughs> Who was it at the Washington Post That didn't vote It was a uh, 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 what was his name? Len Downey. Didn't he yeah, not yeah. Famously, famously not vote,
0: not vote to, uh, to stay out of it so he could observe it objectively?
1: <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. that's going too far for me. Yeah. I mean, I admire his his attitude, but that's going too far. Yeah. I'm not saying that I would never. There Realistically,
0: it's just it's too much of a hassle. Well, there are conditions <laughs> under which I would.
1: Under which you would vote? Yeah, it's just you, you seriously don't vote. I've never voted. Well, then, th- then living in the District of Columbia, that's, that's the right place for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly
0: right. Because what? what <laughs> why, yeah. why would I vote here? Like, what couch. difference would it make? <laughs> and like, uh, and, and so like before that, it was Texas. Yeah, uh, and yeah. And so it's like, I mean, you know, we never had a Beto figure while I was living in Texas, and and so I mean, and then it was straight to D.C. So, you know, if there were, and you know, I think Bernie's. Primary here was like one of the last ones. DC is the last primary, yeah. So it was all over, uh, and then you know, and then uh, you know. So I could be persuaded if uh, conditions were serious and the vote would potentially make a
1: difference. To to vote, yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, you knew it was tied, and your <laughs> vote would tip it. No, then I you vote, would do, I and do
1: it. I, it's like a that's a religious act for me. I, I go would, out yeah. there every uh, an election to actually. I, we do early voting in Maryland, so yeah. that I can vote and then go watch people vote somewhere else. What
0: did you make of the uh, of the midterms this year?
1: Well, at first I was uh, I was uh, pretty negative about it because yeah. on election night itself, it didn't look like that much of a uh, that much of a wave yeah. for the for yeah. the D's. I was like, you know, this is this is really bogus. All this buildup, and it still doesn't look great. I mean, they went the wrong direction in the Senate. Yeah, but it's uh, I mean, they did they did. Uh, I think about as well as you can as you can ask for. They don't have a, um, you know, they, um It's not two thousand ten. It's not nineteen ninety four. And it's not even the Watergate yeah. years. Um, but you know, it's all it's decent. It's all right. Yeah. Now let's see what they do. The, the the problem is, look, I was in Kansas uh, for the election. I went out there and um, and Chris Kobach. Lost for governor, that's a good thing and uh, my dad's member of Congress flipped from from red to blue Wow uh, so Sharice Davids is his new uh, uh, you know rep- US representative now and they got it they got a, a Democratic governor in yeah. Kansas these you know that's great but if they are representative of the kind of people that uh, that are coming in and I think they are, you know, both of these politicians talked endlessly about how well they work with Republicans. I mean, the Democratic Party oh, in yeah. Kansas is basically—it's uh, it, the lifeboat theory. You know, when the voters of the state get sick of the Republicans, right. they, <laughs> they get into the, yeah. the lifeboat for a little while, and then, and then after a while, you know, Sam Brown or the next Brownback comes along, yeah. and they're like they're all ready to to sign up again. And uh, you know, that's that's no way to run a political party. That's not you know they're 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 in, but they're I don't know how permanent this is. I don't know if it's a real challenge to Trumpism. It, it seems to me that the Democrats still have no, I mean, this is not much of a critique. Everyone's saying this yeah. now. They don't have a, a vision. They don't yeah. have any any uh, sense of how they want to, you know, they know they don't like Trump. You know, we all know that. Yeah, he's he's dreadful. But when it comes to, a vision for you know, and this is a time when we need visions. You look at the financial crisis, the austerity. Europe is still screwed up, uh, and they still can't figure out how to reverse the course that we started on back in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, you know the the, the sort of Reagan right, revolution. Right. But they still haven't figured out that they, if they even want to oppose that, uh, you know, they don't. Not really. I'm they have kind of kind paralyzed of like in
0: the face of it. Yeah.
1: They don't really have a problem with a lot of it because yeah. the Dem- well, you you read, listen, liberal. The Democratic Party's great success story is the Bill Clinton presidency when yeah. they basically embraced Reaganism, yeah, right? welfare reform, and so it's much goes much. It's much worse than that. Yeah. They, but they they embraced it as an ideology. The whole thing, yeah, it's theirs now, yeah. and you know the, they haven't got to the they haven't repudiated that. um, they haven't identified who they are and what, the, you know, and everything we were saying earlier about populism makes me that much more pessimistic. If they, you know, populism is their past, the party yeah. of the people, Thomas yeah. Jefferson, that is who, you know, that's ultimately where populism comes from is yeah. Thomas Paine and Thomas Jefferson. And, you know, that's who the uppercase P populists, that's who they look to. Yeah. And until the Democratic Party understands their grounding in that in that tradition and accepts that that's who they are uh you know i'm not hopeful about them but here's the thing they're nowhere near accepting that they're nowhere near understanding themselves in that way right
0: Right. so do any of the new sort of elected democrats give you any hope alexandria ocasio-cortez yeah i like her i think she's awesome she's great yeah also Um, a aspirational friend of the show (laughs) <laughs> maybe um, we maybe, maybe a we'll make so friends with her one day. <laughs> um, um, I think she's really cool, and I think she's uh, and, you know you talk about. I love that she was a bartender
1: a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> I and mean, you talk so about populism awesome. being yeah, about cool. more
0: democracy, and she's super accessible. Yeah, you know yeah. she does Instagram live. Um, Is that right? uh, Yeah, she'll she'll log on and just take questions from people and answer them live. I mean, you think, is there any other politician who has the balls to go on a live session with no producer, no pre-recorded anything? Wait, how do you know
1: that it's not like a campaign assistant that's doing that?
0: I mean, she's on the She's campaign. in her apartment. Oh, it's really? run as a live stream. Yeah. Like, it's oh, the so way the like app works. You see her doing it. Yeah. You yeah. see her face as she's <laughs> talking. <laughs> and she's oh, taking okay. these well, questions real, off the internet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's amazing. And that I mean, is, it's so cool. gutsy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, she gives me a lot of hope. Rashida Taleb gives me uh, a lot of hope. Um, anything Who? there? Uh, Who? Rashida Tlaib from, I think, uh, your neck of the woods are from Detroit.
1: I'm not from
0: Detroit. I'm from Kansas. Midwest, right? Oh, Midwest, okay. yeah. everything
1: a, not on the coast. It's you know? a big
0: chunk. It includes everything that's not Texas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a. By the way, the populists were. That was one of the states where they were huge.
0: And Oklahoma, Bernie yeah. won Oklahoma in the so Oklahoma
1: is. Uh, Oklahoma is a really interesting story because that's even more Kansas than Kansas.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The It Oakies was when right. they
1: they when did they approve their constitution? It was like nineteen ten or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was earlier than that, but it was it was a famously radical constitution, the most radical yeah. state constitution. Uh, My
0: man here went to college in Oklahoma. Is that right? Yeah.
1: And the, you know, like Theodore Roosevelt uh, hated their constitution, (laughs) denounced it, and stuff like this. And now look at them. Yeah. uh, But Bernie, he won the primary. Trump won every single county. Yeah. And And and, Bernie won in Kansas, too. But that's because those places have a populist streak, too.
0: Right. There was something that he was tapping into that ordinary Democrats were not.
1: Oklahoma had a lot of socialists in it. So did Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is hard for people to understand today, yeah. but that's populism. A big chunk of their rank and file uh, became socialists after yeah. populism died. So so
0: what do you think about it? You know, Democrats are now saying, you know, there's at least noise being made about running what, uh, Amy Klobuchar or Beto O'Rourke or Cory Booker. Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. These are like the names that are getting knocked around for the 2020 Democratic nomination.
1: I, I think... All of the people you just mentioned will ru- not Amy Klobuchar, but I think yeah. all the others will run. Yeah, And you think they'll get I, I crushed? I don't know about Beto.
0: Yeah, I mean, he said he won't, but they're— Do you think they'll
1: get crushed? No, yeah. I don't. I think that that the the party machinery is is still enormously powerful. Now they won't have a Clinton to focus their energies on. Yeah. Uh, uh because there'll be there'll be more than one. There's going to per- be a crowded field with a claim field. to that. Claim Very to that crowded. Mantle. Yeah, it um,
0: seems like Clinton's team has kind of but split the, but up. But the
1: Bernie forces will also be split. I think you'll see Elizabeth Warren yeah. uh, out possibly. there. possibly possibly. Uh, possibly. And, uh, I mean, Sherrod Brown is looking really good right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm big fan of his. He's from, I guess, my neck of the woods also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a large wood. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I, so I'm, I'm interested in two, 2020. I mean, I think it's going to be really weird and really hard and uh, in a completely it's different gonna be,
1: way. Uh, yeah, everybody's going to be running. And you're going to see... Um, uh challenges to trump on the republican side too yeah it's going to be romney do you think no i think uh uh flake yeah oh, wait there's one other guy that was that's talking about it i don't know
0: ben sassy is
1: somebody else is Kasich. that's right yeah
0: oh yeah that would make Kasich's sense a little nuts he always runs way. makes some money sell a book you know
1: yeah uh <laughs>
0: could we p- could we pin our hopes on ben carson Ben, no, but he's, he's in the in administration the cabinet. <laughs> the cabinet <laughs> yeah, they already they captured him to neutralize him. and Trump are friends. Too much of a threat. Yeah, I mean, I really, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what happens. Do you watch movies live? You seen Signs of the Lambs? Oh my god. Do I watch movies? I mean, I know you watch. I'm movies one of these people like- that's
1: like it's like boohoo hooing all the time because Filmstruck is going under. I watch <laughs> Filmstruck all the time. <laughs> I, uh, I it, my kids like they like to tease me. You know, they'll find me down in the basement watching one of my movies. And they'll be they'll be like, Dad, you know, they make them in color now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of them even have sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm always curious about you know. So now that we have like proliferation of fascists, as a more common? Uh, I mean, you, I guess it's been not kicking around in pop culture for a while to accuse people of being fascist. Watching American Beauty.
1: Oh, going way back. Right. And it
0: was ninety in 1999, and he says his boss is weird and a little fascist. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm always like, my ears prick up, you know, because I'm always curious about what people think it means.
1: Well, in the 60s, the 60s yeah. was the great heyday of calling people fascists. Yeah,
0: everybody was a fascist in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you look back yeah. at SDS stuff, and there's quite a yeah. bit of actually. And
1: the 30s also. Remember, yeah. the Communist Party used to call anyone mm-hmm. uh, on the left who was not in the Communist Party, they call him a social fascist. A social fascist. <laughs> it was like, you're, you're, you know, yeah. if, you call, if you're a member of the Socialist Party or if yeah. you voted for the Democrats or something, yeah. they'd call you you're a social, social fascist. fascist.
0: But do you think there's anyone in American politics today who you could accurately pin the label on? Like, people call Trump a fascist. And yeah,
1: i don't know that's not right with Trump yeah. he's like um like those people we're talking about from the thirties as sort of forerunners yeah of uh, so the, the author makes his point really well that these that these figures with the with the possible exception of like of Father Coughlin and William Randolph Hearst, everybody else that he describes in that book are just American politicians. With a new game, you know, yeah. they aren't thinkers. They don't have yeah. big ideas like Mussolini and Hitler. They don't have a grand scheme. Yeah. And um, there's, there's not a, a big idea narrative. Place. Yeah. Now, yeah. What you see with a guy like Trump is this, this insane narcissism. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give away all of my best things <laughs> in the book. What's Trump's favorite movie? I don't know. You know.
0: I oh, know, yeah, he he had a, a video Citizen about Kane. it Citizen Kane Yes, yeah, yeah Have you seen the video of him talking about it? No There's like a, sh- a shot video it's, it's, oh, it's, You should but see it's it it's a
1: great 30s movie that So many scenes in that By the way, get on Filmstruck and you Yeah, can Ro- it Rosebud,
0: right? I mean, this Ro- is, yeah, that's, yeah,
1: that's the movie But there's, yeah. uh, it's the story of a demagogue Uh-huh and he goes around with the letter k all if you have to look really closely but like he, mm-hmm. he's wearing when he gives his big speech in madison yeah. square garden or whatever they do a close up on him at one point he's wearing something in his necktie it's just a big letter k
0: beautiful <laughs> He's like trump yeah, that's and he's, very
1: in, trump. In, in front, he's in front of this gigantic <laughs> picture of himself you know <laughs> and it's all about you know he wants the people to love him you know he's he's totally trumpian yeah and it's of course a story of fake news it's a yeah. story of the, of the of yellow journalism uh, and, of of a, of a liar
0: and so and that's what you you think Trump sort of aspires to is that kind of power yeah and, um,
1: and so and Orson Welles uh, it is in some ways a movie about fascism but it's more accurate to say it's about proto-fascism yeah it's about you know just a, a sort of a, a certain kind of traditional American figures run amok you yeah, know, yeah, yeah way too far yeah
0: and so it's like the kind of politics God damn it. I'm giving away all of my I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> right. but these are like the politics and the we have, conditions. We have to wind
1: this up right now. Okay.
0: <laughs> but these are the politics and the conditions that sort of precede fascism, yes. in other words. It's yes. because, so do you worry about
1: someone down the line after Trump picking up that I thread? Of course I do, but I you know Yes, of course I do. I look the problem is I I fired that bolt a long time ago. Um <laughs> when Glenn Beck was riding high. Do you yeah, remember yeah, those yeah. Days? I remember Glenn Beck. And yeah. I persuaded myself that he represented a kind of that he was a forerunner yeah. of American fascism. And uh I got myself all worried about it and I wrote about it a lot at the time. I thought that he represented something really dangerous and something new. Yeah. And then he and then he went out of style just overnight. Do you remember yeah. that? He went yeah. from like Cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah, what happened to that guy? He started his own network. Well, he went, he went a little too far, and Fox got rid of him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, he said something about or did he, did he, or did Barack he Obama being entirely. a
0: racist against white people. That seemed to have been the catalyst. That was at the very start, though. was that was at The oh.
1: beginning of his rise. And he, but then he, yeah, then he started his own channel, and I never heard from him again. You hear you you hear him on the radio from time to time, um, uh, you know. He came out right. for Hillary Clinton. Did you see that? He supported Hillary. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. So I I, <laughs> I feel like I I got all worried about it with him and the Tea Party movement and that. And and that was that was overblown. And yeah, but it I, and doesn't I felt mean a it's, little stupid it after the first time. After, you know. after after ringing all the alarm bells. And now I look at Trump and it's like a, a friend of mine likes to say it's like he was saying this, uh, I think, in in like the first four months of the Trump administration. I mean, he said they've already fired their I C B M so many times. Yeah. It's like, hit the button. Hit the button. Right. Here he did, he did. He lied. He lied. Let's get him. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like, how many times can you panic about this guy? Yeah. Like, I can't do it anymore. People I, get fatigued. I actually couldn't even do it in the beginning. People right. get fatigued. I mean, it, it's I panicked hard. about Glenn Beck. I'm not panicking again. Yeah. So... It's, we're in a new era, that is for sure. And we can say and that we're in gr- an era you know. that is very similar to the era of yellow journalism and when, when billionaires own newspapers. Who owns your paper, by the way? I this? have no idea. And I have who no owns know. the New York Times, <laughs> by the way? Yeah. The New York
0: Times is publicly traded. You can own a share I thought, if you I mean, like. I heard
1: it was a man named Carlos Slim.
0: So some have uh, some have <laughs> said. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so, but, but we're in an era where the table is set. Yeah. For a exactly. exactly. And so I will see you guys. And, 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 and can
1: I just throw in one more thing? Yeah, please. Just in my stupid, dumb lifetime, we like to think that we're living in a time of incredible enlightenment thanks Mm -hmm. to the internet. But I like to, you know, like I like to, to put things upside down. And in my opinion, it's the reverse, it has killed certain kinds of inquiry and and, uh, uh, thinking and with a a sort of herd mentality and this has to do with also the extinction of local journalism which is if you go out to my neck of the woods which is everywhere (laughs) outside of New York and Washington (laughs) and Texas I guess it's like you'll you'll find that journalism is in this state of death it's
0: a huge tragedy the the death of local reporting has been such a disservice and of all those voices Uh,
1: you know I was just talking to somebody the other day about when I was when I lived in Chicago back when we were doing the Baffler magazine uh, they had a columnist, a guy called Mike Royko, and his what his shtick was, he was the blue-collar, you know, he spoke to blue-collar readers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was excellent. I loved him, right? But he was one of many. That was a genre. Right. It doesn't exist Doesn't. Anymore. You just
0: can't find it. I mean, I think Texas has done pretty well for itself. Unusually and maintaining, but what I'm saying is that there's been stuff, a die-off of but, a certain,
1: yeah. certain ways of thinking, certain yeah. ways of talking, certain kinds of argument and discourse, and all of us journalists, all of us writers, all of us thinkers, are uh, we are in a society where the only thing that matters is money. Yeah. So this combination of extreme inequality, uh, the internet, uh, you know, the destruction of the press, et cetera, et cetera, deprofessionalization of all these different things. Have led to a, a situation that is very different from the 30s and is much closer to the 1890s in my opinion yeah now on the good side and on a bright note fascism was a response to um, uh, uh, to labor yeah to, fascism is right. a, historically speaking if you look at the at the actual examples of where fascism comes from it was always uh, started as street gangs beating up unions yeah uh, and Unions are really weak today. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, we don't really need, you know. The, I don't think the, uh, you know, the 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 masters of the universe don't really need street gangs to enforce their. So you know, so fascism just not a wise
0: reign. investment for all of the rich people exactly. at this point. Exactly,
1: they can get yeah. what they there. That's yeah. a perfect way of putting yeah. it. They can get it so much easier. They can I mean, get it another it's way. It's all for sale out there. Yeah. Right. You
0: know? So it's all going to be okay. Uh, we <laughs> well, will, uh, <laughs> it's not, not going to be okay. Uh, we'll hope the fascists... It's, it's uh, probably not going to be you we'll know, black they, shirts. We'll hope they remain a bad bet for the time being. If not, we'll see you all in the FEMA camps. And uh, thank you so much, Tom, for coming yeah, thanks, on. We Tom. really appreciate it. It was a blast. Hey, it was fun, yeah. Thank you so much.